Lately, I have been focused on interviews, especially for my YouTube channel, a lot more than the music and stuff right to know on the podcast. But I did make a promise to some of the, the people who I have interviewed with to release it on the Spotify podcast uh, whenever possible. So here it is. Um, this is just one out of many, and I hope you like what you have to hear. Stay tuned. Hello, this is uh, Mark signing on with Skinny E Media. I'm here to present one of my favorite idols in music, Mr. Rob Garza, who just released uh, his album Daydream Accelerator, and which I think is a phenomenal piece of work and definitely has the sort of 80s influences here and there of Electro Clash and sometimes post-punk and New Wave. How do you do yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um... You know, and uh, right now I'm on the road with Thievery and, uh, you know, it's kind of a lot of things going on in the new album, Daydream Accelerator, just dropped last month. So it's been, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty uh, a crazy time with COVID and everything and traveling and moving around. It's but it's been fun and enjoyable. I'm very glad to hear that um, because. Um, the work that you have been doing has been uh, very important and powerful, not just on a sort of sonic level, but also on community influences as well. And um, we have a few questions in mind. Hopefully it won't take too much of your time with the 1980s influences in Daydream Accelerator, um, which I think is commendable. Now, certain songs had certain influences, I thought, like Tangerine Dream, which I heard on Ocean Morning Echoes or Joy Division with The Summer Is Ours and even Duran Duran with Can't Kill Me. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a big, you know, I mean, I grew up uh, kind of, you know, really being influenced by music first as a kid during the 80s. Um, you know, I was uh, going up from about 10 to 20, you know, those are kind of like peak years in terms of soaking everything sonically like a sponge. And, you know, during that time, I thought it was just very, such an amazing time for music, especially synthesizers were introduced a lot more and you had a lot of just different cross-pollination with a lot of different styles with the whole sort of post-punk, punk, new wave, things like hip hop coming on the scene, a lot of, you know, dance music and things. At that time, it just seemed like things were kind of, you know, your, your ears and mind were open and, and things were just sort of seeping in. So there are a lot of different uh, influences on uh, on a lot of these songs, and um, that era was a big influence on this album. Childhood always influences the sort of things that you make later in your career, even if it's film, it's te television or music. And uh, I remember seeing interviews of uh, Clash being referenced a lot as well in your influences, and I definitely saw that because uh, Combat Rock, great album. I far love that one. Had the melange of influences as well, so I think that's commendable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Clash for for sure. Like you know, if you listen to Combat Rock, rock or even Sandinista, just the way that they're basically you know sort of genre hopping through all these different styles and things like that. And you know, for me. I think that that was eye-opening at a time when, you know, you're kind of like, oh, musically, you can kind of go anywhere on an album or a piece of work. And, um, you know, that's kind of one thing that has sort of been a constant, whether it's with Thievery or this album, Daydream Accelerator. Understood there. I would definitely agree with that assessment there. 
And um, I know there was also a music video that existed for The Summer Is Ours. Uh, I noticed you had a little cameo here and there of trying to escape uh, in a cameo net, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, but That's I definitely got uh, dystopian vibes from it. Um, you know, Mad Max almost meets The Postman, that Kevin Costner film that no one's seen. With that <laughs> being said, however, um, did you come up with the music video idea because of the pandemic? Everything's going to, excuse my friends, S-H-I-T. Or was it yeah. for something else? No, well, basically, uh, me and Casey, uh, his name's Yesik, uh, that's his artist name, um, from Enemy Planes, we wrote the song during the height of the pandemic, and we were just kind of imagining, you know, San Francisco was just like really quiet and nothing was happening. And we we're just imagining like what would happen, you know, when things open up again, you know, during the summer. Um, and we were uh, just kind of on the sort of dystopian, sort of nihilistic sort of thing, like summer is ours, let's throw it away, you know, like let's just have a, have, you know, an incredible just uh, letting go sort of sort of vibe about the whole thing and so there's this a tongue-in-cheek element in that video you know the, the the world is sort of ending around them but they just kind of you know see each other or whatever and it's kind of like it's uh yeah it's just um it, it captures that vibe a bit and they asked me to be in the video at the last minute which i wasn't expecting <laughs> so that was kind of funny too so. some of my favorite bands are off to put themselves in their music videos as well i know um i think it was like uh apex twin he always puts his disturbing little face on something yeah window liquor <laughs> oh yes uh let's not go into that one there that one's a bit too wild or um bent simon mills nail taller they've appeared on some of their own stuff like uh, swollen and magic love i'm into a lot of trip hop and electronic groups, uh, but this one here, Gaza and Fivri Corp, definitely defy genre classification. And I think that's the charm of it, to where you can even have yourself a gin and tonic and a Pims on a nice evening in an airport lounge before you board your plane to uh, SFO L or LGW, London Gap. Sorry, that's just me going a bit off tangent. But getting back to instrumentation, um, your choice of instruments, do you use more like Moogs or Roland and Korgs uh, for the synthesizers and software like Ableton or Cubase? Um, I use uh, basically Ableton for as a software. Um, and then a lot of this album was actually done in the box. You know, I'm a fan of synthesizers and things like that, but um, you know, a lot of times I'll just be traveling around with my laptop or something and just kind of coming up with sketches and then just kind of, you know, you can really start to just play with sounds and just kind of take them to, you know, just being like, I'm not a purist in terms of like, oh, it has to be like an old, uh, you know, vintage synthesizer or, or anything like that. Like, I love that, but, you know, not everything has to be created that way. And um, just, you know, just all of the, the power, the, you know, computational power when it comes to being able to do all of this great music on an airplane sometimes, you know, I'll sit there. There's some songs that I've done the whole thing, like just, you know, on, a, on an eight hour flight. So 
you know, I'm not too precious when it comes to, uh, you know, I have to record this way and, you know, I'm just kind of open to if, if I'm in a room with a bunch of vintage synths and I'll definitely, you know, go down that rabbit hole. Well, you just even inspired me on my end because um, like you, I've also done a lot of music on the go as well. Uh, Damon Orban from Gorillas and Blur in his later years, he did a lot of his stuff mobile, um, not particularly on Ableton or Cubase, but GarageBand, which I have here, which I think is a very useful software, just like Logic. Create yeah. your own sounds here and there. Even though it's yeah. synthesized and you don't have to pay for studio sessions and instrumentation, I think it's absolutely wonderful what technology yeah. can do for the creation of music and sounds. And um, yeah. there's an innate charm about it, you know, that's 21st century, but also at the same time, it's also convenient because I know for you and Fivri, um, there's a large library of sounds to offer from various genres and styles, which I think is the ultimate yeah. charm of it. And um, I know, also, I know it seems like I'm jumping on questions back and forth, back and forth, but um, just being respectful for time purposes, uh, I will say with the pandemic, I know it's been very difficult for everyone, I'm sure for musicians, because most revenue comes from touring, because album sales has not been as strong because of Spotify, Apple Music and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure you probably even had to work at another job, you don't have to say which one, when a lot of this all happened, lockdowns. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, we have such a big catalog of music. Fortunately, I've never, you know, had to do any other jobs. Uh, you know, I've only done music since I've been 25 and I'm 51 now professionally. So um, I spent the pandemic, uh, I have a 11 year old son. So I got a lot of quality time with him and just like really, dad and being in place for you know um the majority of the time which is something that i haven't uh you know i haven't had the ability to be in one place like that ever since yeah probably i was like 24 years old so i you know just kind of counted it as a blessing it is great to be back on the road and it is great to see faces of people just really blown away and inspired by what you're doing and having that ability to go out and connect with the audience is like an incredible feeling, especially coming, um, you know, after a pandemic uh, type of situation. So, um, but yeah, just, you know, just try to kind of, you know, count your blessings in whatever type of situation you're in, I guess, you know. I totally understand. Um, I can relate to that. I know I was going on a creative binge myself, uh, doing a lot of the pandemic as well, making music and also scripts. Sometimes the most unexpected things for your work comes from the most unexpected sources of inspiration. I'm sure like your family, like you said, has definitely probably influenced your music and some of your work to some degree as well. You even are now working on a soundtrack or score for Tetris mobile app game, if I'm correct. Yeah, so I did that. Um... So people over there that were working on Tetris asked me if I wanted to uh create a piece of music and you know it is uh i guess you know having a 11 year old kid around you're kind of a little bit more aware of video games and and kids and youth and things like that so i you know jumped at the opportunity so 
Well, I'm sure he'll definitely get a kick out of it with the do 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 Yeah, well, it's not like it's more like a deep house sort of. You know, they asked me like what kind of imagery I wanted, and was like some UFOs, mushrooms, and psychedelics and things like that. So it's a different take on Tetris. Well, it almost sounds like you're going the Osric Tentacles, Pink Floyd uh, avenue of things, which I think is very clever. Yeah. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. That's uh, pretty much your take on that. I know with uh, one of the songs on the album, Letting Go, uh, it even reminded me a lot of a modern uh, 90s tune called Gabrielle or Gabriel by Roy Davis Jr. and Pevin Everett. Um, did you ever work with him to some degree? Because I know, I think Roy Davis Jr. was a popular name in sort of uh, house music in Chicago. Yeah, no, I never had a chance uh, to work with him. Um, you know, that song, the uh, singer on that is a, a guy named Steve Downs who worked with a, a band out of Germany, or an act out of Germany, I should say, called Lovebirds. And um, that song to me kind of has a little bit of like almost uh, like a human league type vibe as well um, on that track. But Steve is, you know, he's from Dublin. He's a great singer. Um, and that one just sort of came together at the last minute on the album. I was just like, oh, maybe there should be like another song on here. So just kind of whip something up. And, and that's kind of like what happened. Well, if anything, tell him for my kind regards that it was my favorite song on the particular album, aside from Ocean Morning Echoes. It is definitely uh, <laughs> one of the vibe out here on, well, they're not Bose ones, but if they were Bose, I right. feel like I'm in an eternal bliss. I feel complete <laughs> in my life. And um, with, oh, oh, yeah, certainly let him know there. Uh, Genre-wise, I know the 80s influences is there, but... Um, how would you feel if uh, someone tried to pigeonhole a lot of your music, either through Gaza or Thievery Corp, as just being trip-hop or down-tempo? Because, I, like I said earlier, it defies classification, really. Yeah. I think they just put the electronica thing for marketing. Yeah. I mean, everything's electronic music at this point. I mean, people record country music albums on software you know so i mean technically you could say that that's uh, electronic music but not really um just the fact that it's done with computers which back in the day if you made music on computers that was enough to be considered electronic music um but uh yeah i mean you know people say it's down tempo or trip hop or whatever you know, that can be very one-dimensional you know and especially if you come to see some of the shows because there's just so many different styles and performers and singers from all over the world and um you know it is very multi-dimensional and it is uh you know it touches a lot of different uh musical places on the map so you know um so yeah it is tough to you know but people always want uh, simplistic ways to describe things but i totally understand um they probably don't listen to music as much as a fan or myself probably does. I know they had that problem with uh, Kruder und Dorfmeister, who I remember yeah. on the interview you said you were really influenced by with their DJ Kicks compilations. But I hear you and Kruder and Dorfmeister and Tosca and a lot of those types of groups 
as jazz. Am I wrong to approach it that way? Because I can listen to sounds from the Fevery Hi-Fi and I'm almost reminded me of like Miles Davis or uh, 1990s Ninja Tune stuff by Funky Porcini and Cold Car. And I'm just like, <sighs> yeah. Well, there's definitely just a lot of, uh, you know, jazz influences. I mean, when we were uh, first forming Thievery Corporation, we were hanging out in a lot of clubs, playing jazz and around a lot of jazz musicians. And, um, you know, we were influenced by a lot of other styles too, like Bossa Nova and sort of, uh, um, you know, uh, stuff that mixed uh, like Indian music with jazz and things like that as well. So that was definitely sort of the, um, musical influence as well as the stylistic influence too i would definitely agree with that um i know some of the work you did uh you had the record label 18th street lounge i don't know if it's still in the works anymore or it's been folded um you know we have it as a label but uh we're not putting out too much on it right now so Okay, then, because uh, I remember reading somewhere it said like the official office in DC for 18th Street said we're closed. Was it because the pandemic yeah. or just like it no, wasn't making that was, money? That was before the pandemic. Well, you might be talking about the lounge itself because the lounge just closed during the pandemic. And so we actually, there are two things there's the record label, 18th Street Lounge Music, and then there's 18th Street Lounge. And I think you're talking about the lounge. They just closed during this pandemic. And yeah, that's sort of like, a, you know, it was a Washington, D.C. institution culturally. So, um, you know, it was sad to see that go. But, uh, you know, I haven't really been in D.C. much for the past, uh, like, 10 years. So, But I, I, I'm going to have to start moving here in a second because they're texting me. Um, all right, then. Well, no worries. I could give you at least one more question in regards to um, this one's a bit funny in regards okay. to the album itself. If it goes on the top 40, which I hope it does, um, do you have a weird feeling that Billie Eilish or Katy Perry might even call you lads to say, hey, come on on board? Because um, well, you, you guys need a bigger profile. More people should you, hear about you. You never know. Um who you're going to wind up working with. One of the singers, Emmeline, she had a, a thing that just blew up, which is uh, doing pretty well. Um, you know, just being in sort of these uh, musical, spending a lot of time in Los Angeles, you know, tend to rub shoulders with a lot of different people. So you never know who it might, uh, who might you know, walk in the studio one day and you, and you might collaborate with. Um, but uh, yeah, the I think last week it was like in the, number 60 in the college charts the album so that's pretty pretty good to see pretty reasonable there and just my last one for you before you leave yep. um with the studio sessions um i know you've done the synthesizer stuff remotely uh but did you uh, do a lot of the work in the vocals remotely by telephone or zoom calls no that was all uh, pretty much in the studio being there i was present except for one song which uh started as Calica. Um, she was in the studio with these producers that I work with in LA and they pulled up one of the tracks that, that I had and um, she heard and liked it and started just singing over it. And I heard it like, like a week later and I was like, oh, this sounds really good. Let's keep, you know, working. So that's kind of how that evolved. But in general, yeah, there wasn't really any sending, or except for Steve. 
because Steve was in Ireland, he had a baby. And so he's sitting there with two kids and he's like writing songs and, you know, recording into, you know, his, tel his computer, sending me stuff. And then he finally went to a studio there in Ireland and, and sent me back the, the finished vocals. Okay, then. Uh, thanks for the curiosity there. I know you have to get going soon, but it's been very nice talking to you, Mr. Gaza. We'll talk next time and hopefully I can see you at Belly Up Tavern in Solana yeah. Beach again. Yeah, stop by. I think we're going to be in San Diego uh, in December. Okay, I'll definitely keep my ear out this Christmas time. My favorite song, yeah. by the way, from Fevery is Treasures, in case anyone oh. asks. And also, I don't set your car on fire, just like the Daydream Accelerator album cover. <laughs> okay. Until then, peace. Take care. Peace, bye.